No, my lawyer said I can't be Stevie Nicks. I'm just a generic, non-specific lookalike. Hey. Welcome to the generic, non-specific Stevie Nicks podcast. I'm your co-host, Randy. And I'm your other co-host, Anthony. How you doing, Anthony? I'm How's doing okay. It? Yeah, you've got, right. a, you've got a, a milestone coming up in a few days. I do. In a few days, I will be... Okay, is everybody holding on? You're holding on to your seats, people at home? In um, four days, I will be 60 years old. Yay! Congratulations. And, and don't tell me I look 40-something unless you mean it. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm not going to tell you you look 40-something. Not you. 30-something. listeners and viewers. <laughs> yes. I'm Do I sound our... 60? That's another question. Yeah. If not wish watching, how do I sound? <laughs> How well do I sound on the generic, non-specific Stevie Nicks podcast? I'm not going to be the one to say the words be Arthur, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand. But okay. <laughs> uh, you sound like we talked about this, that sometimes yes. uh, you, you, your voice has dropped. Uh, it has because I have a thyroid problem. That's the cause of it, Randy. That's what I found out. Oh, my God. Tell yep. me more. It causes your voice to deepen. That's one of the wow. symptoms. It will not go back, though, he said. That's it like, will not go back? Yeah. So. But over the last 10 years, I told Randy, it's like, my voice is getting deeper. And I people I've known a long time are like, what are you trying to sound butch now? I'm like, no, girl. I just <laughs> sound like this now. You know? Hey, girl. Yeah, what's up, girl? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> anyway, to celebrate, uh, we will be we are recording this uh, episode of the podcast right before Christmas uh, because Anthony will be celebrating and I will be in New Orleans, which is really great because that ties into today's Spoilers! discussion right. of <laughs> In Your Dreams. Starring the horse and some I don't know who that is. I know it's supposed <laughs> to be. This is this is Stevie's drag persona, Photo La Shop. <laughs> because I'm like, who that? Yeah. Who that? I remember that was the, the big deal uh, uh, when the cover was, you know, released online. Yeah. Nobody thought it looked like Stevie. So this I isn't just you and me. I honestly thought it was one of her goddaughters she's always talking about. Maybe. Right. Oh wow, right. look at that family resemblance. Nope. Right. So here's here's the thing that bugs me, and this bugged me about um trouble in Shangri-La a little bit too. But you know, this is the first time this has been out on vinyl. Right. And so these covers, th this cover in particular, I'm sure was shot digitally. And it just is not uh, when they blew this up for vinyl. So maybe they don't have the original digital or the digital photos back then weren't good enough resolution or whatever. Got it. Something. Because all I know is that horse is giving her side eye. That's all. I'm <laughs> yeah. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. That's Stevie Nicks over there. Yeah. And I'd like to point out that again, Ms. Nix. Uh, yeah. You're a few years older than I. You should also be like. I can't fucking read these liner notes. What's wrong with you people? I know we needed a booklet. We really needed a booklet. Mm. But the inside looks so beautiful. It is. The inside is gorgeous. Wait, is that Stevie with an owl in her house? And and for those who don't have 
the album, the vinyl collection. This is the record label graphic because there wasn't one before. That's right. Oh, right. That's right. But uh, but she looks beautiful in these photos and in the back with producer Dave Stewart of the Eurythmics. Yeah, this this. So let's just run down real quick. The album was released on May 3rd of 2011, 30 years to the day that Belladonna was released. And uh, 10 years after Trouble and Shangri-La. Shangri but do we know why? Yes. Why yes, we do. Why wait so long? So uh, part of this is what I covered in the blog. Because one thing about this album is that between the marketing and the, the internet and everything, there's a lot about this album. And there was so much promotion behind it. She was but, all over. But the schedule got everyone. messed up because she was sick for a little while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so allegedly, the story goes that in... And I'm going to say it's 2005, but it could have been 2008. Anyway, Fleetwood Mac was on tour in Australia and Stevie went to the hotel theater to screen Twilight New Moon. And she was so moved by the, the movie that she went back up to her hotel room. And she says that she wrote the song Moonlight. What she really did was she reworked a demo from the 1970s called Lady from the Mountain and turned that into Moonlight. Either way, she went to a record company then and said, I'm ready to make an album. And they said, hold up, girl. Records aren't selling. We don't think that's a really good use of your time. Why don't you go on tour instead? And so from 2005 until 2011, like she okay. had been discouraged by her label. And finally, um, so, and then in, she also bought a house, which we'll talk about a little bit and, and then decided it was too big and she didn't want to live in it, but she couldn't sell it. The market had crashed. So then she meets Dave or she re-meets Dave Stewart, uh, because he asked her to guest on a pilot for a talk show for HBO and the pilot didn't get picked up, but they recorded the episode and Stevie played like this 15 minute Rhiannon. And after that, she had asked him, Hey, would you like to work together on an album? And so here we are, they start recording the album. And that's, that's kind of the genesis of how Petty had passed. No, because still around. Okay. He's still around because Tom Petty was still alive when you and I went to the gold. That's desk. right. It's the reason I ask is I always, we're going to talk more, but I've always looked at, his involvement in this album, uh, Stuart, as like low quality, non-specific, generic <laughs> Tom Petty. And I, if given he was alive, I bet he was thinking the same thing. He was like, I told you, you don't need anybody else. I just, that's pure speculation. I've never read it or yeah. thought it, but you know. And well, we should talk about that in more detail. Yes. This is her but, fifth album, the debut in the top 10 out of the yes. seven. You know, Street Angels one. What's the other? Other side of the mirror. No. Nope. What was it? It was very close. Rock a little. It debuted at twelve instead of oh. in the top ten. Oh wow! And, and Street Angel was forty-five. Yeah. And didn't even deserve to have it. That's from my thing. No. And when I was reading up about it, I found reviews that said this was her best solo album. Period. Yes. I do not agree. But I find that interesting. <laughs> yes. I don't know that best is, but I 
I rank it very high. I rank this album very, very high. Well, um, to me, there's Street Angel and everything else. I don't really, you know, sort them. Right. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yes, Brian, that's what I said. He said what he said in his beat Arthur voice. Uh, oh, but yeah, so so yeah. Uh, all right, what what do you think overall of this album? Oh, I thought it was a pretty good album. I mean, I think even, I can't even put it, if I have to rank them, if there's like a line where they're going to say you can't listen to it anymore, it's got to go below her early stuff. If only because I have such a strong sentimental life attachment right. to it. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. Um, I still, I think Trouble in Shangri-La is above this too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think with, I think Belladonna Wildheart and Trouble in Shangri-La are my top tier and then the rest are my middle tier and then and then there's the other one. The other one. There's yeah. the other one. That's fair. That's that's, that's the fair. professor and Marianne. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest all by itself. <laughs> yeah. I I love this album. I, I there's a lot um of nostalgia for this. Also, just a lot of things that were going on. Oh, there's a lot of great stuff on here. I don't mean to say I don't like it or I didn't. Oh no no no. I no I don't think so like at all. Okay, cool. But I have I have I have very strong emotional attachments to when the album came out and that period in my life and some things that we'll talk about uh, that relate to that uh, a little bit. But um, anyway, it's and I'm going to try not and I'm going to try not to make Randy cry a couple of times. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Start the clock now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I know I know some of these songs are so beloved to you, and you know that I'm like girl what's wrong with you <laughs> yes um, but no it, it's just and and listening to it again over the last few days like from beginning to end really reminded me of how much i i love this album um and listening to it on vinyl which the first song especially we need to talk about uh that, let's do it but the vinyl the, the vinyl experience was great this was the first one that i actually put it on vinyl I turned it way up and I just laid there in the floor in front of the console. That's what I did. I laid on my bed. Yeah. yeah. I all the way up. That's so funny. And we did not the, know this, everyone. This is just the, at Randy and do these things. And I do these things often. Do you know what it's called? A cheese sandwich riding on a horse for lunch, going Northeast with a clown. Yeah. <laughs> right. It goes from the, the items of clothes we buy right. to experiences we have. It's crazy. And we call it our psychic bond. That's right. Hashtag psychic, psychic bond. <laughs> and it happens so often. So that's so that's so cool that that, that we did this. And it's um, the first one I did like that. Yeah, me too. Me I too. I made on my mattress. I had my little notepad and my pen. Yeah. I discovered I couldn't write up for long because the pen would stop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But so, Secret so album, Love. Yeah, album kicks off with Secret Love, which is a demo from the 70s. And there's a there's a really good interview that she did with Jim Ladd, who just passed away, by the way. Uh, Jim Ladd did. But when she's talking about this album, that uh, it had actually been offered to Fleetwood Mac back during the very first Fleetwood Mac album. And yeah. And it didn't go to there. And then one of her um, musicians from Belladonna 
told her that they recorded it for Belladonna too, but she doesn't remember that and I can't find it anywhere. So somebody out there, if you know, should let us know. But it's been knocking around for a while. Here's what I want to bring up before we get into this. Um, Our good friend Jeffrey Christian was at the Storytellers taping in 1998, and he got to ask Stevie a question about uh, demos and bootlegs and if she was ever going to record them. And and she gave a a pretty nice answer. Uh, And then she started recording some some demos, starting with Trouble in Shangri-La. But she always referred to the demos out there like she hated the internet. She hated the fact that her demos were out there and all of that stuff. But with Secret Love, that's how they found it was like it was on the Internet and somebody in her group discovered it. And that's how it ended up on this album. And in the documentary, well, you know, she she mentions that. So she's had a change of heart since uh since then but we'll thank jeffrey for getting that ball rolling getting her that's right grease that wheel (laughs) yes all right i i kind of know what you're gonna say about this but go ahead no i I, no you go first and then i go first with your opinion then tell me what my opinion is okay i'll well i'll tell you (laughs) what i remember you saying before yes uh I, I love this song. I, I think it's a really fun, it's a very Fleetwood Mackie kind of song. It's very like traditional and it's a great way to start the um the album because it it hooks you in with something very familiar, right? And I love the melody and I love the the lyrics and and I love the video. And the video has a very circus atmosphere, which really speaks to me um, because uh, the same year that this album came out, there was a book that came out by Aaron Morgenstern called when did you to- the night circus. And I'll talk more about it, but okay. so it just, it, I, I just, I really liked it. And I remember that you and I have had conversations on more than one occasion about how you feel like this is, was subpar and that you hated the video because she is like on a doll stand and she only moves from the waist <laughs> yes. up. Yes. Yes. W- what I did for the this album was I tried to rate each album on a scale, on, on a scale of like one to five stars in my okay. brain. Okay. And I thought about how it would what it would, how it would do standalone in my brain and how it did as part of the album. And then I gave it the higher right. score. Like, look at me being methodical and scientific. Right? That's something so, I would do. I'm so, so shocked. This, this gate, I gave this, uh, I'll say a four in okay. that context. Um, is not my favorite. I'm, I don't, the lyrics don't draw me in. There's a problem, I think, with the vocal delivery throughout this album that I blame on him. Okay. And I shouldn't say throughout, but y'all you, talk about it as we get to different songs, where it's just like there's this flat monotone of her, of her voice. There's not a lot of punching or hitting or or ups and downs. It's just, ah, ah, and I felt like that that was here. But I still liked it. My favorite part, and I don't mean it the way you're going to interpret it, is how abruptly it ends. Yeah. I don't know why I love that so much. It's just like, okay, I, you know, so there you go. So it's not an awful song. It's just that definitely, not, it doesn't deserve one 
to be on Street Angel. We'll put it like that. Okay, well, I'll, I'll take that. I'm still I like, like, I like the abrupt ending too. Yeah. Uh, so and did so you listened to it on vinyl? I did. Yes. Okay. Well, so did it, yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Did it sound different? Am it does I, sound am different. crazy? You are not crazy. Science, again, to the rescue. Randy mentioned that it sounded different on vinyl and I hadn't listened yet. So I recorded it using my phone to the, uh, to my phone from, from the vinyl. And then I re uh, recorded it from, you know, Spotify. Okay. But then when I went to do that, this collection's version is on Spotify also. Really? So I screen recorded both on my phone, which is a better way to do it because now they're equal. And I used software to break it down to the instrument layers. Not the same, Randy. I can't exactly tell you what's going on, but it's in the guitars. You yes. know, it's not the same sonically because the software, you know, it'll break voice from drums, from kick drum, from bass. Like it's pretty sophisticated. It broke it down differently. Okay. You heard it correctly. I can't hear it still. I really? think I can, but I'm not sure. But like I said, science agrees with you. <clears throat> I that's me in my brain. That's not challenging you. Yeah. No, no, no. I think that's that that that's that's science. thank you. Thank you, Mr. Science. <laughs> I don't I I Googled to see if other people are mentioning it. I couldn't find it. I looked in a couple message forums um on Reddit, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. It's very bizarre. I it's got to be an accident because I can't believe they would change it and not, even if they changed it in a way that wasn't super different, they would say, remaster it, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of when, when Enchanted, when the Enchanted box set came out, all of the Street Angel tracks were mixed different. And the because my the, girl can't stop. She's like, I one day will get it right. <laughs> I, I, from what I understand, it was because the the record company pulled the wrong mixes. Oh, like okay, it could have um, just been that, right? And it could be the same thing because none of the other album tracks on this are are mixed different. I think they sound we should, exactly the same. You should use the podcast Twitter account and ask Rhino Records to comment. Yes, I, I'm going to do that, and I'm also going to do some. Uh, uh, I'm going to pull in everyone's favorite detectives over at ivory keys because they will know <laughs> they will know yes, they will. they'll definitely hear it yes, they they will. Will. yes so i'm gonna ask them as well but yeah we're gonna we're gonna tweet out rhino and see if they can tell us but um i honestly thought my my vinyl was damaged that the sound was so different yeah no it is it. it yeah i can hear it i just i can't describe it yeah it's, it's the lead guitar at the beginning and it's the the percussion for sure and i don't know what the rest of it is but and the ending that's why that brought me up is because the ending is a little different as well okay 
but but yeah, love the love her goddaughters wearing all of her uh, outfits in the videos. I mean, I just it was it was really cool. Uh, but yeah, that secret love. All right, got to take a moment because we're going to talk about for what it's worth. This album came out. 30 years after Belladonna, and it came out 20 years after we met. And we had the we had the uh album was streaming on rollingstone.com for a week before it was released. And I remember you and I listened to it nonstop for I was a sitting week. here when we listened together, right mm-hmm. in exactly this space, probably, but facing yeah. that at a different desk (laughs) when I listened to it for the first time streaming with you. That's right. And a few days after, you just texted me one morning and all you said was, "Um, from now on, for what it's worth is our song. Is that okay? Mm. And of course it was. yeah. Who saved my life? I won't forget I it. I won't forget it. <clears throat> so um, you can, here's the thing, folks. If you want to know what Stevie has to say about this song, and she has a lot to say about it, and it's all beautiful, and she performed it many, many times. I'll, I'll put some links up to, to interviews there. You can listen to it in the documentary. But this is about what, what this song means to, to me and Anthony. And... Uh, you know, it just takes me back to being that scared. It's, yeah. it's emblematic of our entire relationship in my head. The first, I wasn't even halfway through the song. Yeah. I thought I said it when we were streaming it, but yeah, yeah, I wasn't even halfway through the first listen. I was like, yeah, that's, that's it. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. Uh, I still read that text every once in a while from time to time. I'm listening Do to you have song. a screenshot of it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have to put it in the blog. Okay, I will. I'll have to go. Yeah, I have to go find it. It's actually, yeah, I'll, yeah, but it's there. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and so every outside time of I... that, the only comment I want to make about the song is that the reason I like it a lot on the album where it is is because it's like abrupt end of song one, and then four different end, no, three, three different starts for this song. First, it's like boat horn guitar, and it's. Bell, the, the the circus bell or whatever and then it's the like the real guitar it's yeah. like wait did it start no it did now did it now no now <laughs> right I yeah do. love the way that abrupt end goes into that false start kind of thing you know yeah it's 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 sequenced very well together yeah. uh and it, it is probably her her best ballad since like landslide i mean it is it, it to me, it's that important. High praise. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have some dust in my eye. And I, I like the video, too. I have one teeny little critique of the video. Okay. Uh, and I get why she did it. They, they She's wearing her platform Reeboks because she's out in the middle of the desert and it's windy and we don't want her to fall over. Right? That's fine. Why did you show them? Just shoot right, her from like the waist up or something. Or or, or from the Reebok up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. There were 
there was no reason those tennis shoes should have been in the video Aww. because it's so beautifully shot and it's such a gorgeous video uh, that it just, and it just pulls me right out. I am going to go look. I don't remember them. So it didn't bother me. <laughs> I don't remember talking about it. Absolutely them. bothered me yeah. so, so much. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, um, it is so the heart of the album. It this is song is five stars. Cause I said it's more five star scale. So it's five stars. Five, 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 five. Yep. Yep. That's it. And there should, whatever she does, she should never make another song with this name. Oh, wait. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Why did she do that? Because I say, hey, Google. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, no, the other one. Yeah. (laughs) The other one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But this goes on all my playlists. I listen to it all the time. and, And I can't listen to it without thinking of my best friend who's sitting here right now so all right ditto at you okay wide sargasso sea wait did you skip one (laughs) no sure let me go back to my track order oh my god i did (laughs) i thought that was on purpose because you didn't want me to say my reaction (laughs) no okay uh, I did. Uh, I forgot one. Okay, so we're going to talk about the title track, In Your Dreams. Um, I'm going to let Anthony go first this time, because I don't care what you say. I, it's not going to change my opinion. This is the one. Like, I think you, you you remember a strong reaction about Secret Love. My reaction to this one, I think, was much stronger. It is a one, because I can't give it a zero. I think it's an amateurish melody. I think it musically sounds weird. Uh, the nerve of her to drop a Belladonna lyric into this song. I just didn't like it. Oh, and it like at the two minute mark, those, I always call them Astro guitars. Mm-hmm. I, this out, this song belonged on Street Angel. That's my opinion. Yes. Okay, somebody, somebody mark the time because Randy's starting <laughs> to cry. Uh, I love this song so I know much. you do I know that it <laughs> makes me so happy you remember in in rock a little when we were talking about um if I were you and it was such a positive uplifting song and, and Stevie yeah. doesn't write positive uplifting songs this is the other one this is the other one come in out of the darkness okay. it's a beautiful day and and I can't listen to it without my body moving and right. and really getting that message and feeling warm inside and 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 knowing that out of the tragedy is some comes something beautiful. Um, and do do you know where the the genesis of this song was? I don't remember now. Okay. I'm sure I I've heard it a million times, but I'm old in my brain. When um when she was on tour for trouble in shangri-la and 9-11 happened and oh okay she she went back out on tour and she was very nervous about that and her sound guy said don't worry i'm just at the other end of this line and he was you know talking about he was he was always going to make sure she sounded good and, and and everything and so she took that and and wrote that lyric um just on the other side of this night and uh, so that's where it comes from. I thought those are great. And I, I love the I love the guitars. I love the vocal. I love everything about this. And, and I'm hate- loving that you love it. I am. But um, I just hear it and I go, 
what the? <laughs> sorry. I um, yeah. It's I it's just to always be there for you and make you happy. It it does. It makes me so so very happy. Um, there was one more thing I was going to say about it, and now I I can't remember. I don't want you to because it'll make me look even more worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boo boo! You don't need my help. <laughs> To look more worse, I do. <laughs> I, I set the bar. I don't want you to yeah, right. elevate it. Yeah. No, it was, it's just, it's a, it's a fun, it's a, it's a, oh, I remember because she, she performed it at the beginning of the In Your Dreams tour and she dropped it like three shows in. And I was always disappointed by that because I, and she always drops one or two new songs at the beginning of a tour anyway. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to hear that live. Yeah. And I think she she replaced it is with it, something. Is that, it because she doesn't like the way it works out live, I guess? Or I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Oh. Um I don't know. It's very, very bizarre. Um, but anyway, I missed that I I didn't get to see it live. Uh okay, now let's go into wide sargasso C. And I honestly don't know how you feel about this. I'm afraid to talk. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to say a little bit before we okay. get into that. This this album for, for me is, is Stevie's literary album because it is just peppered with literary references between Wide Sargasso Sea and Twilight and Edgar Allan Poe. I agree with you that it's literary. Yes. It is very, very literary. And you know that makes this little librarian so happy. Oh, I love it too. Uh, uh, oh, Annabelle Lee. Yeah. yeah There's just right. so much yes. that's in here that uh and so I I I love and I love the fact that we didn't even know this song existed until it showed up on this album and it was written like in the 80s, right? Because okay. all of us Stevie junkies, we all think we already know the uh, the songs before they show up and then right. she surprises us with something. So uh, I love that. Um, and uh, I, I know you're going to be shocked. I love this song too. It's funky. It's fun. It's good to dance to. I love the drum beat. Of dance it to oh my god there's something wrong with my ear then Dan- i couldn't dance to save my life to this song i, I don't totally i just danced to it today <laughs> oh yeah. i gave I it two and a half three okay and you said i'm glad you said it's literary because it is this album but a lot of it is literal there's mm-hmm. no poetry in a lot of these songs it's like she comes up, you know, you're a writer, you come up with a thought, and you're like, how can I make this a lyrical, you know, uh, simile or analogy or metaphor or whatever? For this one, I felt like she just wrote down what popped out of her head, and I don't feel poetry at all. And even the revenge lyric about burning a house couldn't save it for me, man. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. That's terrible. I, yeah, two, I, I, it's not awful. I didn't give it a one or a two. I gave it, you know, it's a, it's a three. It's a filler. I, See, I thought it was it was much more literary than that. I I I thought it had some nice poetry in it, but uh, okay, you're you're the hip hop uh, historian among us, or you're more versed. TLC, right? You remember TLC, and one of them, I think it was Lisa Lopez, uh, was the one that was married to the football player, yes, and then got burned his house, right? And she burned his house down. Okay. Right. 
the way that Stevie says she burned the house down makes me think of maybe it was TLC. maybe she's still thinking about Dallas Austin and Scrubs maybe. or whatever <laughs> waterfalls whatever song it was that's it, because in the in the VH1 behind the music it, I think they cut to one of the band members and says Lisa burn the house down and it just sounds like the way that she <laughs> so uh I think that's pretty cool but it's just it's a fun 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 and I do. I dance to it. I dance to it. I play air tambourine. Sometimes I play. I'm going to listen tambourine. to it again when we're done and consider the word fun and dance and see what my brain does. Because right now I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, it's. We're going to give it a special focus for my friend, Randy. Oh, thank you very much. But you don't have to do that. It's okay to not like something I like. Yeah, but I even when I don't agree with someone, I can often follow the train of thought and logic that they did to enjoy it or like it. That's what I'm saying. It's like, well, okay, got it. so I want to see if I can make that connection. Okay. My head. All right. Well, anything else you want to add before we move on? It, it wasn't in your dreams. So <laughs> it didn't belong on Street Angel. Ah, uh, all right. Uh, New Orleans. So uh, this is uh, this is one of Stevie's important songs. This was a song that she was moved to write because of Hurricane Katrina. This uh, so it to me it falls in the same categories like Desert Angel. See, so I'm surprised because I told you usually her obligation songs I can tell are forced. I don't feel that here at all. Right, and that's that's exactly where I was going with this. Is like of all of her important songs, this is the one that actually doesn't. I love I, I like I love the way this song is put together, and it's it's beautiful, and it's it's I think probably because it's celebratory of the city and the resiliency of the people after the hurricane. Whereas yeah. all of her other stuff is like right in the middle of whatever's tragedy. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of, of her like statement songs. This is, this is a really, really good one. And I can't wait to actually walk down the streets of new Orleans and sing this song out loud. And yes, I will put it up on our TikTok or something. Yay. I'm thinking I can't decide because I think something bad will happen to her, but I want to bring my Stevie Barbie with me to New Orleans and like, you know, yeah, I, 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 I just, I, I don't know if I can do it. Raven may have to come with me though. I okay. Just Raven. get a Pinkerton guard for, yeah, I just wanted to say Pinkerton. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get a Ken doll and dress him up like a security guard. There you go. <laughs> But yeah, it's a beautiful song. I mean, it really is. It's gorgeous. I gave it a four out of five mm -hmm. for these three reasons that didn't get a five. It's a wonderful song, and I'm jealous that I, you got Texas. They got New Orleans. Where's my Philadelphia song, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It's kind of a joke. But as soon as she mentioned Anne Rice, I was kind of like, demerits. You know, and this is like back when I first listened to it. Yeah. You know? And again, that's part of the literal thing. It's like, you already had the vampire line. Come on now. You know, you could do something else. You don't have to say her name. You know, I don't know. That's really bugged me. And then. Uh, I love, love that. I love that she name checks Anne Rice. I love it. I hated it. I, hated I love it. it. 
and feathers and lace. I just never liked that. <laughs> Give me your feathers. Don't throw me. I don't know. That bugs that I don't know. I also thought the song had a, a weak ending. Like it it's like, how do we end this? Like there might have been a conversation like that when they were recording it. Maybe. I, I think it ends well. I like the ending, especially live. And you know, we both got to hear this in Dallas. And it was an eight out of five. Yes. Yeah. It was gorgeous. And <laughs> she and was all. not playing around. Mm-mm. No, she was not. As the kids I, say, she ate, left no crumbs. She brought a little bit of buster. And also, I, I think it's a really... Oh, wait. So we just got wide sargasso. See, we've got New Orleans. We've still got one more to go. But um, this this little grouping of songs between wide sargasso, see, New Orleans, and Moonlight forms this little almost three-act play about the Caribbean and New Orleans and and I kind of lump Moonlight in there because of the vampire references even though I don't know why she put those vampires in the Pacific Northwest Stephanie Myers but anyway um she didn't name check Stephanie Myers she How sure did that? yeah well that should tell you something Stephanie <laughs> um but yeah it's it's a gorgeous song I love it it's it's beautiful um and I I like to brush by Anne Rice too, but she died. So now I can't, um, but I do have a signed Anne Rice book over there. So there you go. There you go. You can brush by that while you're there. Bring that. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Moonlight. Moonlight. Yes. I gave it a four. Uh-huh. Even though the, the fake inspiration for it, or it annoys me. But I didn't know that it was potting around all that time. I didn't. I knew about the uh, what was it called, Lady from the Mountain. Mm-hmm. I knew that was a demo, but I never realized this was the same thing. Yeah, it's been a long time since I'd listened to it. I guess if I listen to it now, I go, "Oh yeah, duh." But, yeah, um, it's it's basically the same song with some with a bridge and mm-hmm. some verses that are new. Um, I mean, but this the the lyrics and the melody are almost exactly the same. Uh, and I do. I love this song too. I think it's great. Um, uh, there, the way the chord progression works, it it's a very close relative of Planets of the Universe, which I hope that That's doesn't make so you hate it. Interesting, because I felt like a different song. It was a part of. It was as a cousin too. I'm sorry. I keep going. I don't even interrupt your train of thought. I was. No, just no, just... no. What, what, what? What's the? Uh, what's the other well, song? I thought the chorus kind of went really edge of 17 Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that's its cousin song in my brain. The, okay. the musicality and the lyrics, but especially that it's not, it, that it's the driving guitar, guitar isn't there, but it's there. I don't know how to describe it. I'm not a musician, you know? But yeah. yeah it's like, I love that yeah. part. But I, the thing I liked the most was she steered clear of baby voice, but it was a soft voice with like the mm-hmm. high notes and I really like that you mm-hmm. know she didn't go like the like you know because she yeah. you could have easily trying to do what she did right. um uh you know that SNL thing what needs more cowbell yes candle this <laughs> needs to stop you, you know yes uh I I thought this was a now what's interesting to me is that I love the album version of this 
And then when I saw the In Your Dreams tour, it did not translate well on stage. Okay. Just like Planets of the Universe did not translate well to stage. And then she turned it into a torch song. Yeah. And oh my God, it was amazing. It like, was. It was it was phenomenal. And it may have been called Moonlight a Vampire's Dream, but we all know that she was Team Taylor Lautner because she came out in that fur coat. <laughs> And every every time she was paired up to do yes, an team, interview, Team Jacob for the for the right on, Team on Jacob, record, you know, because she almost exclusively did press with Taylor Lautner. You know, I never saw her sitting next to Robert Pattinson. That dirty old woman. Yeah, you go, girl. That's right. And he's a little, he's a little, you know, a little pudgy, softy thing thing now. You could probably pull the girl. Uh, not anymore. Are you following his Instagram? Mm -mm. Oh, Stevie, get on it now. Right. Well, now he's <laughs> married to a girl named Taylor. So it's Taylor and Taylor, which is just sickeningly sweet. Um, or something. Yes. But I, the, only, the only reason I didn't give this a five was because I thought it wasn't as literal as the rest of them, but it had a couple of those points and I wish they had been excised. You know? Yeah. Like I went to the store and the man said, hello, you know. <laughs> Right, right. Not a lyric, but you know what I mean. Yes. But that, so yeah. All right. We love <laughs> Moonlight, A Vampire's Dream. It was a very good. Uh, I don't like it when she does those little parentheses things like, you know, doing the best that I can, Escape from Berlin. Like that's too long. Moonlight would have been just fine. And we didn't need A Vampire's Dream, but whatever. What you gonna do? Very nitpicky. Um, Okay, Annabelle Lee. I I said this last episode about a different song. It's like this song to me is like, who the fuck do you think you are? I'm Stephanie Lily and Nix. It's nice to meet you. Because yeah. she's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking use Edgar Allan Poe's poem as lyrics. Yes. Oh, you know, she added somewhat to it. She changed some lines a little, but this mm -hmm. is the poem. And yeah. she had the audacity to do it. Yeah. It's so much. It's so cool. And it it's great live. And um a, in one interview, I think she said she she wrote the music way back when she was like 18 or 19 or oh, something. Oh wow. And it stayed in her brain. And then she did a demo for Trouble in Shangri-La that's floating around somewhere. But I like this. I like this a lot. Oh, and see the me, the vocal here, you know, the, when I say her voice is flat and monotone. I know she's lose, losing range as she gets older. It happens. And I know she works mm -hmm. against it as best she can. This song, that problem was not present at all. Mm -mm. There's so much warmth in her voice and so much variance. I just, so when I hear it in the others, it really irks the shit out of me when I hear the monotone, you know? Well, it shows the songs that she's really committed to. I you guess. Know, she's committed to this. She's, yeah. And she used the word dissever from Edgar Allan Poe. And I I want to know if that's the only pop song ever written and recorded on vinyl that has the word dissever in it. Yeah. <laughs> and also she mentions angels in this one. I don't know if I missed. I know there's at least three. Mm -hmm. My friend uh, that you had interviewed before, he wants me to keep track of those. You know. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, make sure you do that. We need to keep track of our angels. Um. You, do you remember that 
they tried to revitalize Stevie's Twitter account with a girl named Annabelle Lee doing the marketing for this album. No, I don't remember. Well, wait, yeah, I do. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, Annabelle you do because yeah, yeah, yeah. we, yeah, because she was so bad at it. Um, so I hope in my head canon, what happened was that they somebody in Warner Brothers marketing came up with this idea and shoved it onto an intern who didn't know who Stevie Nicks was or, or who Annabelle Lee was <laughs> or who Annabelle Lee was, because if it was somebody who actually knew all of that and did oh, that wow. for a job, yeah. I'm going to be really upset. So, so I'm, I'm hoping it was someone who wanted to be an influencer and got a job at Warner Brothers. Mm. Yeah. Um, before we do the next song you did talk about something about this in another song earlier i can't remember what made me think this but i wanted to hold till now to say it is again like this is this ever this is probably the only pop song ever recorded about laying down next to the dead person in the mausoleum <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> i could be wrong you'd have to go into your heavy metal canon before you find a song <laughs> like that uh yes um all right so that's the first album that or the, the side one and side two of the first vinyl disc yeah. um this is where we normally do a a psa hey everybody this is randy with a short reminder that if you are enjoying the generic non-specific stevie nicks podcast we want you to like share and subscribe so that you can get the latest episodes as quickly as possible also, make sure that you follow us on social media. We're on Spoutable, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and X. And most importantly, leave a comment. We want to hear back from the people that are listening to our podcast, and we really appreciate it. And we're back. It's time for another statement song. With the word angel in it. With the word angel in it. Huh. Maybe we should have interviewed Soldier's Angel. No, I don't think we could have done that. But anyway, um, so I had a real three, uh, 180 about this song, but um, because I think it's better than Desert Angel, although I love Desert Angel for the same reasons, because I, I was born in the desert and I know how it feels there. But um, I, I thought this was a when I first... Um, heard it i thought it was a little heavy-handed and literal right yeah um it is very little yes and and also i was coming off of the high of of how great new orleans was and what a great song that was but again putting this vinyl on turning it way up and laying down on the bed and just really absorbing the song it's actually incredibly moving and and I, you can really feel the the pain in her voice you yeah you, this song it's obvious from the performance but also just from the lyrics that even though it is a little literal that this topic means a great deal to her we mm -hmm. we've read that we know that but when you read the lyrics when you hear the lyrics it's yeah. hard not to go and then the the way she sings it the performance yeah. it's hard not to go well yeah and and the fact that at she asked Lindsay Buckingham to come in and play guitar on it and and his vocals are are good on it too i mean it's it's really a buckingham nicks track and ah. I, you know there's some good things about that there really are yeah i i could have easily been like i would have loved the version without him on it more though the musicality he really pumped it up but i didn't need to hear his voice i you know yeah 
And then that one part, like the rest of it, she's like, I'm the same soldier's angel. I'm the soldier's nurse. I'm the soldier's mom. And then he was the soldier. So he sang in the front that one time. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I don't want him in the front. <laughs> that, that's my one dig. My second dig is, it's not a dig. These are incidental. Is uh, again, the Battle of the Dragons reuse, lyric reuse. I just don't like when she does that. Sometimes I do, but this seemed forced too. I don't think this one seemed forced, and and I I kind of like it. Just done it at the end, maybe, but it's twice, and that I don't know. I can see that. I can see that. That would that would work really well. One, and when I saw her for this tour, and she did this song, and she told the story of Walter Reed and everything. Yeah, and um, there was there was a group to the right of me that was so rowdy that was screaming we love you through the whole song and could not give her you know the respect of 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 that performance so that bugged me but one thing that's kind of funny is if you remember in watching the documentary when they're talking about this song and they they film you know stevie and Lindsay working together on the song but you never hear him speak so it makes me think of that saturday night live sketch you know what i'm talking about yes, what's I up did. with that <laughs> what's <laughs> up with that right mm. uh, he's there but he never speaks in the entire documentary as it that, should be right <laughs> i still think it should have been that way on the, on the track but that's just <laughs> so i know it's called soldier's angel and i know why she did it the way she did it, why she chose to write it that way. But you know the um, phenomenon when you hear a word too many times, it begins to lose meaning. It's yes. called semantic saturation. It's got a name. Oh, wow. At the end of that song, that's how my brain is with Soldier. I begin to go, wait, what? I don't okay. Not with Angel, just with Soldier. So semantic saturation yes we're gonna have to revisit that when we talk about when i see you again <laughs> I, absolutely <laughs> uh, but it's still a good song yeah okay so everybody loves you this is the song that that started the album with dave stewart okay okay so he gave her the track and he had already written Everybody loves you, but you're so alone. Uh, and then the next, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot. Everybody loves you, but you're so alone. Everybody knows your name, but you can't find your way home. He had already written that. And so she had to write the song around those four. Okay. Uh, but this that's kind of what kickstarted this, um, this album. And so I feel like in some ways it's the obligatory everyday song. Mm, okay. But I I like the sentiment behind it. Uh, and that it's written about what it was like to be in the Eurythmics and what it was like to be in Buckingham Knicks. And that's supposed to be what this is. is ah, really? Okay. Yeah. This song is like, I gave it a two out of five yeah it's so funny i did not know that about the those lines in the chorus i mm-hmm. consider those lines to be so twee i hated those lines <laughs> they annoy me so you're, you're ringing a bell right now i was look at me right yeah um, and like 
at the three minute, 15 second mark, the guitar, just did, the sound of it is just bizarre to me. And, and the solo and, and then the snow and then the solos after okay. that. And so, and the solos double twee, you know, to me. Okay. And that was when today I was like, oh, this isn't a Stevie Nicks album. This is Dave Stewart trying to get a comeback. That's what okay. I decided. And for a lot of the the songs I didn't like, I think he's the problem. Really? Okay. Yep. See, I, I know a lot of other people that think the same way, but I, I actually think they, they work really well together. Um, and actually, in an interview two weeks ago, Dave Stewart said Stevie just called him about another project. So She needs to stop that shit. No. Because I don't think their voices go together. I don't think his writing style and hers go together. And I think that's some of the lyric stuff I don't like. And then I don't think he's a good producer for her voice because I, you know, I thought it was so flat in so many places. I I, I heartily disagree. Cheryl Crow would have whipped that shit out of her. Well, I agree with that. Cheryl Crow is better, but I, I think it was a great, a great pairing. Um, I think they have uh, a lot of the same sensibilities. And I think he pulled her into more of a, and, and I don't mean this in a derogatory fashion, but this album is very slick. You know, it's a very, it's slickly produced. It's very kind of glossy. And I don't, yeah. I don't think that that's a bad thing. Uh, I think it's a bad thing for a Stevie Nicks album. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't. the way I want to hear and what I want to hear, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I disagree. And that's, I think you're hearing it in my reactions. I'm not saying you're wrong and I'm right. I'm just saying. No. The wiring is slightly different. Yes. Yes. But uh, Speaking of songs that should have been on Street Angel. Hey. I. All right. Go on. You go first. No. For our audience, this next song, Randy loves it. It's so such a big deal song to him. And, uh, this is one of my like, what? again, the flatness thing. Um, I know Randy's going to tell me different and he'll have to sit there and diagram with me, but there isn't a melody in this song. It doesn't have one. I can't hear it. And this is one of the ones that's like so literal. This must be first stage Mabel Norman disease. This Oh, it's, it's definitely, people, you know, yeah, it's, it's Mabel Normandy for sure. And maybe it's the rockabilly sensibility. I know you say, when I say rock, it's rockabilly about some songs. You're like, no, it's not. It's just a rock. It's just a rock song. And I hear rockabilly and I'm not a fan of that genre. Yeah, it doesn't sound rockabilly to me at all, but it does sound like, like full on, like Stevie saying, I'm a rock star. You know, this is where she, this, this is her rock star moment. And, and, and I love it. And I think, um, it's got now one thing that it is not that I think it tries to be is edge of 17 because it's got a guitar riff. It mm. starts with a guitar riff and so does edge of 17. And then, so I think in those ways, th this was like, I can see them sitting in the studio going, we need an edge of 17 for this album. Right. Huh. This is what they came up with. And it's not that. But it is it is a good song. It's it's fun to listen to. It is a it is another one where I dance around when I listen to this. Um, I play tambourine a lot to it. Um, it is uh, Mabel Normandy, so I I concur that I don't know that it has a specific melody. 
I think it's a long form something poem is not the right word either, but it's yeah. just, it's a long form. It's a long form poem set to music is what it is. <laughs> but uh, this one also uh, re reuses a lyric uh, from angel. Yes. To the fog. I like that. And another big quibble I have with it is the ending where it's like Stevie versus the guitar. I dare you to hear Stevie through this. You know, you have to try pretty hard. You can hear her, but it's like the guitar is so forward. I don't, I'm like, why did we do that? I don't understand. Well, and I kind of think because he's not a good producer. <laughs> no, you're wrong. That's why uh, Andy, Andy Lennox is like, I'm done with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So you may be the one. Not my cup of tea. Okay. But technically, I think it's well done. It is. Um, and that one line, the phrasing of that one line about with the word universe in it is like, I love that the way she sings that line. I can't remember the whole line right now. Oh, yeah. But and you said, you said it earlier, this is a torch song. Yeah. Right? But it's just not my cup of tea, this one. And word angels in it. Just for it words. is. Yeah. Uh, it's it sounds like a blues song to me. That's what it sounds okay. like. Okay. And I'm not a big blues fan. Yeah. But if Stevie Nicks were to do a blues song, it would be this, and that's pretty good. Like okay. so, and that I think that's the thing. Like, yeah, I gave it a three and a half. I didn't give it a low score. It's just not my cup of tea. If if anybody else had sung this song, I'd be like, I'd just switch the dial. But because it's Stevie, and I caught myself singing the chorus today just out of the blue ah. like as i'm doing laundry so yeah uh it it's fine uh there could have been another song on the album for sure uh in place of this okay italian summer i gave it a four and a half out of the five okay and the half is because it's not as bad as the others, but that flat monotone sound of ah, ah, ah was present way too much. The music's beautiful. It's slightly cornball, but I'm all there for it. I mean, give me some right. cornball, you know, the swelling and all that, you know. Um, but this yeah. one has, I don't think any of the other songs on this album have that quality of she's singing live in the studio version that mm -hmm. I like. Yeah. Yeah. And this definitely has that. And this is, it's very lush and you can see her in front of an orchestra singing yeah. it and with a big ball gown. And it's just, it is, it, it sweeps you away. It's romantic, even though she's Sorry. telling you that it's romantic, right? Like she, <laughs> yeah. she's, she's telling you exactly what this song is, but you know what? You just get caught up in it. And, yeah. um, and even though, uh, when I did go to Italy, it was in the dead of winter, like snow and everything. I still was like walking down the street of Florence, feeling like I was in uh, in the middle of this album. Mama, why is that man wearing a speedo, and why do I have a summer <laughs> neck set? <laughs> uh yes i may have frightened some italian children but uh, <laughs> and it did not cause an international incident so gotcha it's and and honestly and we'll we'll get to this in a second but that should have been the album closer 
that's where the album i think you're right that would have made sense and then if the next song never existed i would have been okay with that well i wouldn't go that far but that the next song cheaper than free was on dave stewart's album and her album oh okay i think it should have just been on dave stewart's album i think so too and i didn't realize that i'm sure i knew it but you know i forget everything because i wrote this sure seems like a steve uh, dave stewart thing Mm-hmm. as my note and i then i circled next to it again this was him trying to get a comeback by steve he was a clout chaser that's what i say i don't um, think he was it was I, filler it's like a two and a half out of five you know well let, let me ask you this i think their voices clash in general and i think this is the biggest example of it i don't they i see don't i like go well together at all I think and I'm not go... even talking if they were trying to harmonize. I'm just talking right. on the same piece of music. No, I think I like the way their album, their their voices sound. Uh, I want to ask you something. Uh, do you have a particular Stevie song that makes you think of your husband? Yes. Do I have to say it? <laughs> No, you don't have to. I mean, I just want to know if you did. I do. Yes, I do. Is this Tom? Uh, this is Tom. Yeah, this oh, is Tom. Gotcha. This, this song makes me think of Tom. It's a Fleetwood Mac song. Yeah, it. it the next song I mean, is a Fleetwood Mac song. That's what I mean. Yeah, it, it's but um, you know it it's it's corny also, and I don't mind that. And I, I liked think- it at first. Mm-hmm. And it grew off me. I don't know if that's actually, you know, things grow sure. on you, just grew off me, you yeah. know. It's not a song that I will listen to very often, but when I put this album on and listen to the whole thing, it's it's really nice. It's a really nice song, and it does. It makes me think of of Tom and in, in just the sweetest little way. Uh, so I like it for that. So all in all, this is a really good record. I think it was a great, uh, a great return for Stevie. It, the entire album fits into what the night circus was for me. And, and the fact that these two pieces of art were released in the same year and, and I was able to infuse, uh, the, the book and, and all of the stuff that I did with the book, um, for work, uh, I infused a lot of this album into that. And so it it really does mean a lot to me aside from just the music itself. Um, but also what a great way to celebrate 20 years of friendship with you to have this album. I agree. Uh, was, was, I, yeah, again, it was a great album. I I have to be honest that it was a, wasn't a letdown or a disappointment from Trouble in Shangri-La, but it, it wasn't the same. I wanted that kind of, you know, I fell in love with like four songs in an album, you know, I yeah. didn't really fall in love with that much here, but it was good. And I liked it and I enjoyed it. I wanted to fall in love and between the record companies delaying it. Yeah. And I feel like Stevie thinks she needs others. And it's like, no, you do not. At least, I don't know. Stop I don't producing. be experimental. Get one different producer for each song. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Well, she did that with Trouble in Shangri-La to a degree. And, and it worked, I, right. 
Yeah, and I, I I actually like that that Trouble in Shangri-La and In Your Dreams exist in their own time space. Like they are they are related because they're both yes. Stevie Nicks albums. I don't want Trouble different. in Shangri-La too. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this was not. Randy often says my standards are too high about lots of things, and I would be a lot happier if I would just get you know over that. But this was not, you know. The, every, every, except for Street Angel, the others hit a bar and this one didn't hit a bar. And I placed that firmly on Dave Stewart's involvement. Okay. And maybe the pandemic had something to do with it. Well, no, that, this wasn't then. That's this not why no. she was recording in her house. It was because the record company stuff. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that she recorded this in her house, by the way. Love that. And uh, since we did not screen the documentary before we did this episode... I, I want us to do an episode on the documentary because now we have the documentary and then we have the concert, uh, the 24 karat gold concert. And maybe we can figure out a way to to watch and do commentary at the same time. Oh, react know. on it. That's cool. React yeah. to it. Yeah. Have to figure out how to not be taken down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's my yeah. thing. Is how do we do it where it won't get taken down? Um, but Science. Yes. Everybody go out and listen to In Your Dreams. Uh, you can still get uh, the uh, vinyl on Rhino. Plus, uh, you can stream it on Spotify and iTunes and all of that stuff. So, and we, uh, our giveaway of our yes. box set, we have tried to reach the person who was selected. And we are not hearing back. No. So person, if you're listening so. to this. Uh, we're just going to have to spin the wheel again. Check and your email or we're going to have to, yeah, randomly pick it up. We're over. just going to have to move on. We're just going to have to move on because we've only got two more albums to do. And that's the uh, 24 karat gold and then rarities. And then Anthony's so excited because we get to mix things up and do some fun things like the Stevie Nicks cocktail album or the 10 best Stevie Nicks diss tracks or the or I didn't where know our podcast name comes from. Episode. Yes, yes, <laughs> all kinds of stuff, and then of course we'll have to do some of the Fleetwood Mac stuff too. So we'll do that as well. You can do all of those songs in order that she's written, right? Right. You know, I was I was thinking about that um, that we could uh, kind of just do the Stevie contributions to the Fleetwood Mac album. Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, or we could also kind of do because there's some of those albums that her backing vocals are so amazing. We can be selective. Tell Little me lies. lies. Little lies, right. Yeah. And something else. Uh. <laughs> and and Randy threw this out there, so I'm going to say it to see if we can force ourselves, peer pressure ourselves to do it, that we're going to see if we can reach out to Night of a Thousand Stevies and do a podcast from there, maybe a live thing. We shall see. Oh my God, would that not be amazing? Also, Anthony and I are going to be seeing Stevie in March at Cowboy Stadium. And so we're going to have to figure out a way to document that as well. I so. will bring my nurse uniform and a pineapple and a coconut. And if you don't get that reference, that's your problem. Yeah, that's your problem. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Well, uh, until next time, folks. We'll see you on the other side of the mirror. Well, all right, said Alice. Other one. <laughs> Bye, folks. Bye, all.